This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Welcome in. It is Green and Growing. See Sparky Pfeiffer, like you heard, Nathan Marzion there as well. Don't forget, you can always download Green and Growing, subscribe, follow along, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple. It's available everywhere. As you download and listen to your favorite podcast, we record these on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They're normally posted Wednesday uh, and Friday mornings. When you wake up, it's usually right there waiting for you. Okay, so uh, lots to get to uh, on today's show, uh, one of which I was tweeting about uh, during uh, their last game against Oklahoma City. Javon Carter absolutely going off. Uh, and I said we had a topic we never got to, and we will get to. That'll be the second topic on the show. But first, we start off with a topic uh, that Nathan Marzian uh, tweeted out earlier today, a bunch of stats concerning uh, this Bucks offense. And with that, Mr. Marzian, I will go to you to kind of go through the stats you tweeted out earlier today at Nathan Marzian. Yeah, so I was looking at the offensive numbers for the Bucks, and it just kind of like, like looking at them, I was like, it's crazy that the team that this team is 10 and one, and I'll read off the numbers. So here are some some of the you know basically all the the major offensive stats. Um, offensive rating, the Bucks are seventeenth in the league. Field goal percentage, they're twenty second. Two point percentage, seventeenth. Three point percentage, eighteenth. Twenty fourth in free throw percentage, and then the advanced stats. Effective field goal percentage, they're nineteenth, and true shooting percentage, they are twenty second. So, bottom half of the league in every single one of those. And I'm sitting there looking at, it, I'm like, they're ten and one with. Like none of, you know, this isn't like they're shooting the lights out. This isn't, they're putting up a, a ton of points. They're not even in the top half of any of these. And um, the fact that they're 10 one, this now, I mean, these do not concern me because we have guys missing. We have Chris Middleton out. We have Pat Connaughton out. The I mean, Chris Middleton is going to help our offense so much. We, I kind of knew, and we saw it in the Boston series when he was out and didn't see it as much in the Bulls series, but the Bulls also don't have the defense that the Celtics do. Um, but you could just tell, like it, it having like not having Chris Middleton as a shot creator, kind of just threw everything off, and it does that every time he's out. I mean, they just there's just that that's just such a huge, huge part of the offense. The guy that can handle the ball, get his own bucket outside of Giannis. Drew can do it a little bit, inconsistent with it, but it just not having that really, really hurts them. And so going into this season, I was expecting the offense to look kind of, you know ugly at times and you know there might be games where they're just not able to score it super well hopefully their defense can keep them in it and this tweet really was more to it actually says more about the defense than it does anything with the offense is that that's how good that defense has been that they're a bottom half offensive team and still you know 10 and 1 and they just I mean they've been that good defensively you know it's interesting uh because we we talk about uh, those offensive numbers and you start thinking to yourself okay so 
why are they winning? Like you said, it's obviously defense. Offensively, who have been those guys to this point? Obviously, Giannis has been one of those guys to this point, right? Obviously, he's one of them. Brooke Lopez, though, you know, in that three ball a little bit. Uh, and now last night against Oklahoma City, being able to use that size inside and pound inside and, and go at the rim and uh, attack. And me personally, I'd love to see more of that from Brooke Lopez throughout the remainder of the season, including when Middleton and Content come back, let him play to his strength. Uh, which is around the basket. That's what made his career what it was prior to getting to Milwaukee. And then obviously it expanded because Bud made him start shooting those damn threes. Um, and now he can hit those threes rather proficiently, I would say, for the most part, for a big his size. Uh, so that obviously has been big. And then, you know, you've had spurts of Javon Carter doing something here and there. Uh, Drew Holiday gets on a little bit of a run for three or four games and helps you in a game. So the grand scheme of things, you know, Wesley Matthews, has he done a ton offensively? No. No, he really hasn't anything out offensively. Jordan Wara, has he done much offensively for you? No, no, he hasn't. Or, nor defensively. Bobby, right. Bobby Portis, he's been Bobby Portis for the most part, right? I, I don't, I think Bobby Portis has done what Bobby Portis did last year. I don't think there's much difference in how his play has been one way or the other. So I think he's been relatively consistent uh, game in and game out. But you really haven't had anybody outside of Giannis really playing over their head. And once that person comes down, this offense is going to crash even worse than it is. Like you said, when you get Middleton back and you get his 20 points a night back and now the ball starts moving maybe a little bit better with Chris Middleton on the floor as well because now he can bring up the ball, he can initiate the offense, which means your holiday can do different things. Things change a little bit. Then this offense should take off. I, I would be shocked if the Bucs are in top five offense by the end of the season, providing they're healthy, Nathan, right? So, but but if they're if they're healthy, I would assume this Bucks team will be a top five offense. Now, I don't know if the defense can hold where it is for the whole year, you know, being up there one, two, three, whatever, wherever they are now. But offensively, they should be in the top five. And defensively, I think, you know, this team's top 10 in defense. I think I would be happy. Top five, I'd be elated. I mean, if they're top five in offense, top five in defense, uh, they're, they're probably going to be NBA champs before this season is all said and done. I do think, I think top five defensively is is very realistic for them to maintain. I mean, it's we're now ten games into the season. That's you know an eighth of the season, and they're they're I mean they're comfortably ahead of the second best team in terms of defensive rating. So, I I, I think it I, I do think they'll finish top five defensively at least in terms of like defensive rating that type of metric. Um, and yeah, just back to Chris Middleton, and I've said this so many times, and it's hard for people to kind of I don't know. It, it's hard to put into perspective just how much him being back changes everything because it's not just like oh you know everyone knows Chris Milton's a good player but you watch again you watch that Boston series Drew Holiday has to drive the ball more than he wants to Grace Nellon has to drive the ball more than he wants to put the ball on the floor um Pat Connaughton has to put the ball on the floor more than he wants to Wesley Matthews when he was in the game had to actually become like okay like try to go get a bucket sometimes because it's essentially just Giannis is the only guy that can consistently get to the hoop or consistently get his own bucket. You know, Drew can do it sometimes, but it's the only guy out there that actually can do it consistently. You're confident in is Giannis. When you add Middleton back, it just changes everything. And I'm excited to see it kind of open up. And obviously, then I mean, not only do those guys not have to do as much, but it just opens up space for them. It's going to give Grayson better looks from three, and he's getting good looks to begin with. Um, and having Pat back will give guys better looks. It just everything should be a little bit smoother. Everything should work better. I just, I'm, I've been, you know, we've been waiting to see it basically since he got hurt and we haven't, you know, seen him since um, April. And 
Yeah, it's there's been plenty of ugly offensive games since he went out, as should be expected. And I think it does go to show there it's good that they can win these games without him, but it it also shows, you know, the fact that they're bottom half offensively without him, how important he is to this team. Yeah, no doubt about it. And speaking of fully healthy, let's talk about a fully healthy Bucks team and what that means for Javon Carter. Would you have Javon Carter in the starting lineup when the Bucks are fully healthy again? Again, we're talking about Connaughton Middleton. Ingles, I guess, but he's not going to be in the starting line regardless, so he really doesn't factor in. Uh, but Connaughton has started from time to time, even though he's better off the bench, I think. Uh, obviously, Milton goes into the starting line. So really, the debate that you're having really is Javon Carter or Grayson Allen. I think that's that's truly the conversation piece that, that's going to be had. Javon Carter plays out of his mind, scores 30-plus points, double-digit assists, goes crazy against Oklahoma City, was definitely feeling himself towards the end of that game. Uh, and into the first overtime and second overtime, you could just see the swag with how he was kind of carrying himself. Like, dude, I'm going to shake anybody in my way and I'm shooting. I don't care if I miss, I'm coming back down. I'm going to shoot again uh, at this point. And at the end of that game again in regulation against Oklahoma City, when they went to Brooke Lopez, I was befuddled why they didn't go back to Javon Carter. And I tweeted, I was like, why don't you just play the hot hand here? Why are we trying to force something with Brooke? And Brooke missed the shot. And then as the two overtimes play out, you realize Brooke Lopez was probably the better option those next two overtimes for sure because you could see Javon Carter was probably getting tired uh, for getting as many minutes as he was and was in slowing down a little bit. But an unbelievable effort by Javon Carter, unbelievable effort by your guy Marjan Bochamp stepping up and hitting some three-point shots and, and looking good. And that bench, man. Every time that kid hit a shot, that bench erupted. Everybody jumped up yelling and screaming and Giannis yelling, do it, do it, do it. Like that was that was cool, right? You know that dude's loved, and they're all behind him every time he does something. Carter or Grayson Allen? For me, I'm stumped. I don't know. I don't have an answer. I know I'm doing a podcast. I should have an answer. I don't have an answer. Grayson Allen stinks on defense, um, and Grayson Allen is inconsistent shooting the basketball, and Javon Carter uh, doesn't have a track record of doing this night in and night out in the NBA. Uh, he showed you flashes off the bench uh, from game to game that he can do this, but we've never seen him get true minutes. Uh, and then in games where Holiday and Giannis are healthy, you don't see that out of Javon Carter because he doesn't get as many shots. It's not his team. He doesn't get to go be the guy. Uh, so I'm not really quite sure how he fits into that starting five and what his role is if he is next to Javon, if he's next to Drew Holiday. I mean, to me, that backcourt becomes much smaller if you don't have Grayson Allen out there from a defensive standpoint. But Carter is a better on-ball defender than Grayson Allen, so you have to take that into consideration. So, yeah, after all that talking, I don't have an answer. You tell me, Nathan Marzian. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. 
Download the new Bumble now. I think it's okay not to have an answer because I don't, there doesn't have to be like a set, you know, this is what they must do. This is the correct thing. They got to go with this for the rest of the year. I mean, I, I personally, and I've been a big Grayson guy. I think I'd rather have Javon starting. I think it him with Drew in the backcourt is lethal defensively, as everyone knows. I mean, those are two amazing defenders. I think he's obviously a better defender than Grayson Allen. And I think offensively, it'll be nice to kind of, I mean, we know that like Giannis and Chris are going to have the ball a decent amount, but it can take even more pressure off Drew having to handle the ball a ton. For sure. Drew, I mean, yes, he is a point guard. He's, he's a good point guard, but his strong suit is not necessarily like handling the ball. And, and he's a really good shooter, really good defender. And I mean, the shooting obviously gets inconsistent in the playoffs, whatever. But like, look at his regular seasons with the Bucs. I mean, 40% from three, like he is a good shooter. And I think you can have Javon almost play the point and put Drew at shooting guard a little bit. And I think that might make him most effective. I think that could work. And yeah, what we're seeing from Javon has been just, it's been awesome. And if he can give you kind of like, and he's not going to give you what he gave you last night. I mean, that was just an absurd performance, but if he can give you shooting and play better defense than Grace Nell, and he's, he's essentially better than Grace Nell at that point because of, you know, he's, he's better. Okay. Offensively. Let, let me counter back to you on this. Right. So let's say we do it your way. Javon Carter starts your holiday starts. Tell me what the rotation looks like. Who's coming off the bench and what order are they coming off the bench? Because now you have George Hill, obviously that's coming off of the bench is going to be your first guy coming in to be, to be the backup. And in this scenario, he can back up either guy because you're replacing guard for point guard for point guard really at this point. So you could essentially keep two point guards on the floor uh, at all times. If you want, you know, Drew Holiday goes out, it's Hill and it's Carter. Carter goes out, Holiday comes back in and you can kind of just rotate through those three guys. if that's what you want to do. Grayson Allen then can become that guy that comes off the bench behind Chris Middleton if you want, if you want to play him behind Middleton and essentially you kind of become your backup small forward if you're going to go smaller uh, with your guards. But now we still have the Pat Connaughton situation. So now where does Connaughton fit into this guard rotation of who's playing how many minutes? Because if Carter is starting, that's what, 25 minutes? Somewhere in that area, right? And now Grayson's minutes get reduced, I would assume, uh, significantly at this point. And then where does Connaughton fit in? Somebody is going to lose time and somebody's going to sit. And prior to this season, Moles would have said, that's George Hill. We're good. Carter's backing up. Drew, everything is fine. George Hill's, like I said, last night, Oklahoma City, uh, again, big shot. He's playing well. I mean, as well as he's going to play, he looks a lot better than he's looked in the past. So, it was easy to say George Hill's the guy that's going to be out of the rotation. Now, I don't think it's as easy to say. I think this will eat into Grayson's minutes more than anyone, and that's okay. I think Grayson will still, you know, he'll have a, a role. He'll have he'll be he'll be coming off the bench as a shooter again. Um, I just think it'll 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 just I I don't know Grayson. He can't be out there all the time defensively. We've kind of seen that. There's going to be times he's just he's not a good he's not a very good defender. I think he's okay on that end but just it's not good it's not consistently good just bring him off and have him be a three-point shooter if he's hot you can play him a little bit more than you usually would if he's cold you might take him out earlier than you would I don't I think it just takes away from having to kind of 
lock Grayson into X amount of minutes per game. You can kind of just bring him off the bench as a, a little bit of a wild card and just depending on how he's shooting that night because, like, to be honest, I mean, the only consistent thing Grayson's giving you is shooting. And so if that's the case, I think it's best to kind of play him in almost spurts where he's either, you know, he's good and if he's bad, you take him out. But Javon's more consistent on both ends of the court. And I think that's better to have starting. And I think, I, I mean... It's a good problem to have that they have so many guys that you can kind of mix and match together. I don't. I think they have so many options of what they can do. I really, really like their what they've shown with their depth so far this year. And so, to me, the order of when they come off and stuff doesn't doesn't necessarily matter that much to me. I know Bobby and Pat will kind of be the first guys off the like those are their best bench players at that point. And you know, George Hill's going to be the 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 backup ball handler whenever you know if those guys come out. But it's it's a good problem to have, and I mean, you're going to have. Possibly Wesley Matthews if you just need some defense for a little bit. Um, I yeah, I just think that again, Javon's more consistent on both ends than Grayson. And as much as I like Grayson and, and still think he's has a he has a role on this team, and I do believe he'll be a a, a playoff player. I I wouldn't mind seeing him just be more of a, a you know play him when he's hot and hope you can get some threes out of him. If he's if he is hot, you can leave him in for a little bit, but. I guess this just doesn't lock you into to playing Grayson because Grayson's much more inconsistent. Now that we both say what we should do, I'll say that I bet you Grayson Allen continues to start and Javon Carter is the one that's out of the rotation and doesn't get the minutes. You put me down for that one of how this is going to play out, with, but that he's going to play all these other dudes and this dude's going to fight to get minutes and will play if somebody gets hurt uh, or somebody is like stone cold, can't hit a shot and they look for a boost of energy or something from Javon Carter. I bet you he ends up being the odd man out when this is all said and done and he plays the guys that he's rolled with this whole time to win a championship and so forth. And that's who gets the minutes and he gets essentially screwed uh, at the end of the day. We'll see if that's what Bud does, but that's what I'm expecting this, how this is going to play out between now and the playoffs. We'll have to wait and see. All right, let's move on to the third one. Now this is a funner topic. I had, I, I had texted Marzian earlier and I was, Gave them and I list some topic ideas, whatever the case may be, because the Bucks unveiled their new blue jerseys, the gathering place jerseys. Um, the video, okay. Um, I, I saw the blue jerseys and I was like, oh, Greece. Yeah, sure. Makes sense, right? Greece, like Giannis, blah, 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 blah. Didn't really get that same vibe watching the video necessarily. Um, they focused on more uh, of, of Milwaukee and the city and, and that type of stuff, which is fine. But I, to me, it's more Greece represented. I know that jersey will be big in our household because K is all about blue. That's like her favorite color. So I'm sure there will be at least one of those in our household, probably for her, uh, that she'll get to wear because she loves blue. But um, I don't know, man. Like I talked about it before. Uh, and I'll say it again. This is NASCAR. Like they've stolen what NASCAR did for 40 years or 30 years or whatever it was, you know, NASCAR would have diecast cars and you would buy diecast cars for 89, $125 a piece. Then they didn't like roll around or anything. You just put them on your shelf and you had that car that your favorite race car driver with one at this race with this paint scheme and this advertiser and the whole deal. And at the, each driver had like five or six different paint schemes throughout the course of the year. Then they'd all be up for sale that you could buy and you collected them. I'm a big Kevin Harvick guy. I got a bunch of Kevin Harvick diecast cars sitting in a box in my garage. Haven't been out of the box probably in 10 years and they're still there. And that industry isn't nearly as popular as it used to be, but they were the first ones to realize how to make 
more money by having different things going on. The NBA finally caught up to that idea of, yeah, why not have a bunch of alternate jerseys and everybody's going to want every Giannis jersey. I love Giannis. I'm going to have every Giannis jersey ever made, every single color. I'm going to have them all in my closet. I bet you money. There's somebody that is listening to this right now that is saying, yeah, I got all of them. Yeah, I'm guilty. I got all of them. And congratulations. I'm glad you do. Um, but but for me, I'm not a huge fan of all the jersey colors and everything, only because I think it 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 takes away from your identity of kind of who you are uh, and what your real colors are. I mean, you're taking uh, a very minimal color on the main uniform blue and blowing it up to be that main color. And don't even get me started on the yellow jerseys that came out of nowhere a couple of years ago. Uh, so that, to me, uh, is kind of my beef with all of these alternate jerseys. I guess I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, Nathan Marzian, I saw your opinion on Twitter. Uh, what are your thoughts for those that missed it on Twitter? Yeah, mine is similar to yours. I said, you know, I just think there's way too many jerseys at this point. I, I get why they do it. And yes, it's fun to like, you know, I, it is fun when they come out with new jerseys and stuff and everyone has their opinion on it. And some of them are really cool. Um, this one was all right to me. Like, I, I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's it's fine. But yeah, I, I just said, I'm like, they should have a home jersey, a road jersey, an alternate. And then maybe every few years you come out with something special or some throwback or whatever. Um, but I, and it was my, my reasoning is the exact reasoning that you just gave is I want the, you know, the team should be recognizable by their jerseys. If like, I just think about it. I'm like, you know, if you turn on an NBA game and like, if, unless you're super, super eight, like, you know, every team's jerseys and all the new ones and stuff, if you're just kind of a, a casual fan that turns on an NBA game and let's say, you know, you can't see the scoreboard and you say, okay, which two teams are playing and they're running around out there you take like 15, 20 seconds to really figure out, okay, like, um, okay, that's the Pistons. I think, you know, it, they should just, I just, they never are wearing their normal jerseys. And I, again, I know it sounds kind of like, oh, you, you know, anti-fun and I get that new jerseys are fun and everything, but it's like, I just want the teams to at least most of the time be just wearing those normal. Yeah. I mean, those black jerseys, they're wearing those black jerseys more than they're wearing anything else. And now that they got these blue jerseys, I'm assuming there's going to be wearing these a bunch. And, yeah, I don't and they know, still have the purple. They still have the purple coming out. The purple too, right. So and I, I love the purple. I right. don't know what even the percentages of you wearing your actual normal green jersey. Like, I'm sure there's a breakdown the Bucks have put out that I missed or something. Somewhere, somebody has it, I'm sure. If not, I should just ask Eric Name or uh, Wazarski from the Journal Sentinel. One of them would probably be able to tell me what the breakdown is. But I agree with you. Like, that's fine if you want to have the alternate jerseys. But I think like 50% of the time should be your standard green, green and cream jersey that you're going to wear. And then the other 50% of the time, split it up amongst the other jerseys that you want to wear throughout the course of the year. And some of these jerseys that that got put out are okay. You know, some of them actually have the jersey colors that you're normal to see. Maybe they reverse the color scheme. Maybe one color is more dominant than the other. Now for the this edition, they reverse it and the other color is more dominant. So some of those are like that. This year is completely not even close to obviously what the Bucks jersey is. And then, you know, I've got the the side stitching down the shorts and stuff with the triangular and the all the, the different colors on the on the jersey pants and the the jersey on the side. Like you said, I'm okay, I'm okay with this jersey. I don't despise this jersey, but I've about had my fill with all of these extra jerseys and colors. And again, it's all just to make money. That's all this is about at the end of the day. It's it's nothing more than that. Having said that, what's your favorite 
Bucks jersey that you've seen to this point? Purple. Oh my God. Purple? Yes. Really? I love the purple. I the, the purple has always been, and, and it's because I've wanted them to bring it back for so long. So, and I'm a big just like I like throwback. I don't I don't necessarily always like them, you know, coming up with a a, a one year new jersey. I kind of like them like in other teams too. I enjoy when they go back to the ones they had in the '90s, and like some of those are just like really cool jerseys, retro jerseys. And so that's kind of I, I that's the reason I like that the best is is. Number one, I think it does look cool. I just like the the retro vibe to it, and yeah, just the going back to the old stuff. So that's my favorite. My my least favorite though is the as you mentioned the yellow one. That was my least favorite. Good, that's where I'm at. The yellow one, I hated the yellow one with a passion. Now, in fairness, I really don't like yellow in general most of the time. Not really a big fan of yellow clothes. I like um, it for Marquette. For Marquette, I like the the gold. I like Golden Eagles. Yeah, I'm a Golden. See, I'm, I'm a rare breed, right? So anybody that follows Nathan on Twitter knows he's all Marquette, not Wisconsin. Went to Marquette. Makes sense. Yeah. I did not go to Marquette. I did not go to Wisconsin. So I root for both. I have a rooting interest uh, in both. And I root for, obviously, Milwaukee Panthers. Bart Lundy, by the way, if you missed it, Milwaukee Panthers interviewed him. That's up on 1250amthefan.com uh, website. Uh, he came into the interview not knowing what was about to occur to him, but I got him to agree to do something pretty crazy if the Panthers were to make the NCAA tournament this year and it's all recorded. It's up on the website. Go listen and see what Bart Lundy has committed to do. If his team actually makes a tournament this year. Uh, so yes, uh, Marquette's colors again, but it goes back to that's been their core colors forever. Right? So they didn't just come up with a random color. Like if Marquette came out wearing red, you would oh. not like it. I would oh, assume I, red is red is like completely out of my my wardrobe. I haven't worn red since I went to a high school that was red, so I'd occasionally wear red for that. What high school but did you go to? Muskego High School. Oh yes, Muskego. But right, ever yeah. since, I mean, I once I graduated, I said I am not wearing red anymore because that is, that's badger colors. I, I I can't wear red. That's why. Okay. So all right. So fine. Okay. So for me, yellow was the one that I can't stand. Obviously, I like. My favorite, I guess, would be the original, that, that first black jersey that they had, I guess, is probably my favorite jersey. Black's my favorite color. So this black jersey that they have now is okay. I don't mind it. It's the green jersey with the antlers coming up the side, and they just turn it black. Fine, whatever. It is what it is. I like that original black jersey, I guess, uh, the best. I like that court that they used to play on with the black jersey. I like that as well. I thought that was a cool concept, but I don't own a black jersey. The 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 jerseys I own, first of all, none, uh, no Bucks players outside of Giannis. I have no Bucks jerseys outside of Giannis as far as from this team. I have one purple jersey, uh, Bucks purple jersey of Sean Respert, uh, from back in the day from Michigan State, um, who battled cancer when he was here. We had no idea. Ended up being a complete bust, never panned out, whatever the case may be. He was supposed to be the sharpshooter, everything else, all excited, got his jersey. Uh, no, it didn't work out. My, so, my real, sorry, real quick. My dad um, always talks about him because he's like, yeah, there was like he always remembers there was some guy in college that was like, like the best shooter you've ever seen in college, and he was just lights out. Like he's gonna come here and just like there's no way he can't you know shoot. That's the one thing he's amazing at. And then he's like, yeah, he came to the Bucks and just couldn't shoot, and that shoot. was Sean Rasper. Yeah, yeah, he had, he had problems. Now they, I mean, they've had. Players that could shoot. Todd Day could shoot out of Arkansas. Lee Maryberry was his point guard at Arkansas. Had the May Day connection at one point. Mayberry and Todd Day. Todd Day, another guy that, to be quite honest with you, could have been way better than he ended up being. Either way, that's another story. So, for me, I have the Resper jersey. Other Bucks jerseys in my closet currently. The Resper jersey I haven't worn in years. 
the other Bucks jerseys. I got the green and cream jersey. Uh, obviously, the Giannis jersey. I wear that one the most. I have the white jersey. If you remember the all-white jersey, I forgot what the name of that one was. It had like the red and green logo or patch on it or whatever. I forgot which one that was. Um, so I got that one. Kids got that was for that, me for Christmas. Was that a Christmas here. one? Was that a Christmas one? Uh-uh. I don't think so. I think it no. was. A, I don't remember. Again, there's so many of them. Yeah. So I got that one. I wear that one from time to time. Not a ton. Uh, and then I also have, uh, what's the third Jersey? Oh my God. I've got three Giannis jerseys and I can't remember which one the third one was. I can't remember. That's why, that's why I'm glad we're not doing live podcasting tonight. I I don't remember. I don't know. I got three Giannis jerseys though. That I do know. I'm really old. So I got three Giannis jerseys and then I've got the Sean Rusper Jersey. That's as far as it goes, uh, for jerseys. If I was younger, I probably have way more jerseys. I'm older. Got kids, whole deal. Don't wear a lot of jerseys necessarily all the time. What about you? How many Bucks jerseys are sitting in your closet right now, Marzian? And how many of those, because we know you're the, the Giannis guy, how many of those are Giannis Bucks jerseys versus other guys? I think everyone kind of expects that, like, I'm probably the dude that has 10 different Giannis jerseys. And, yeah, I would. Yeah. You know, Fair. Yeah. All my friends probably, like, I think all my friends, like, they're always like, oh, yeah, like, how many Giannis jerseys you have? And I was I was a big jersey guy when I was younger and not just like my team's jerseys, but I'd always get the jerseys of any players I liked in the league and everything. No, never and, did that. And then as I like once I got to probably, I don't know, even middle school, high school is when I kind of just would have jerseys of my team. Cause I was like, if I'm, you know, you know, I like Steph Curry. If I'm out wearing a Golden State Steph Curry jersey, it looks like I'm a Warriors fan. Like that, you know, it doesn't look like you're just a Curry fan. So um I kind of just started getting only jerseys for guys on my teams. Right now. I only so I have one white Giannis jersey that I got signed, and I, so I'm not going to wear that. I have a green Giannis jersey that I wear, and then a purple TJ. The purple TJ Ford is the one I wear the most. But and then I uh, I do have a someone sent me a um it's a fake blue like that blue one with uh, like kind of the wave on it. Oh yeah, which I don't love, but it was it's you know it, it still it's another jersey to have and. So I have a Giannis one of that, but I rarely wear that one. Really, the only ones I wear are the green Giannis one and the purple TJ Ford one. So I, I don't wear jerseys that often. Honestly, it's it's usually the TJ Ford when I'm when I'm. Just I was brutal on the radio about TJ Ford. So yeah. bad, I killed that dude at night in night out. I killed that dude, <laughs> uh, and just absolutely was beside myself. And in fact, that Charlie Villanueva trade. Uh, when that whole deal went down and Charlie Villanueva uh, came uh, to the Bucks, oh my God, I was so excited! Thank God, so good. Stretch four, this fits perfectly with what the Bucks need. Everything we were literally talking about it on the Pro Hoop Show. Larry Harris, who was the Bucks GM at that point, and I brought up like, Larry, this makes all the sense in the world. Like, they need a point guard. You need a stretch four. This works one hundred percent. Obviously, Villanueva didn't work out to be everything that everybody thought he was going to be at, at one point in his career. Another guy that people had expectations for that never panned out. But yeah, TJ Ford, no, I, no, 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 no. I was, I just know him at, he was my first, you know, when I was five, six years old, first team, like first time ever watching the Bucks. He was my favorite player just because he was the point guard and I was like, point yeah. guard. like I'm, I was a small sure. kid. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So yeah, he, was, he was my original favorite player. And so I, he always kind of holds a special place in my heart for that. So, and then I do want to mention, I am, I am getting, um, I didn't have any plans on getting another box Jersey anytime soon, but they come out, came out with the purple. And so I am getting a honest purple Jersey. 
course. Have okay. to. I, I waited yeah. so long to get the you Miles will wear it on the podcast one of these days, and we do the podcast once you get it. And I'll wear my my old school Bucks leather jacket from when they were purple and well, really look like Ralph in the 90s uh, in that one. I uh, okay. Purple, I got the purple hoodie on right now, too, or some purple, I guess, but the retro. That's just unbelievable. Nobody liked those jerseys, man, when they actually <laughs> played them. Nobody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, okay, let's uh, one last topic here for you on green and growing. Again, don't forget, you can download us Odyssey app. You can download it uh, on Google Podcasts. You can download it on Spotify, on Apple, anywhere you download your favorite podcast. You can get green and growing twice a week. We record Tuesdays and Thursdays. Sometimes we live stream it on Twitter. Uh, every time you can download them on Wednesday and Friday mornings. First thing you wake up, boom, go download it or have those auto downloaders, I guess they have now or whatever you can have. Um, you can do that as well. Uh, an NBA tech question now uh, in getting away a little bit from the Bucs. Uh, and I was thinking about this because, I mean, I watch a lot of NBA at night. Uh, do you like today's NBA with what seems to be more parity in the league than ever? I mean, really, for the first time, there's not as many teams that have no hope, like zero hope. They don't have any young stars, young players that they can build around. They don't have any real hope. They're like just spinning their wheels with nowhere to go, like the Bucs had been for so long. And how I feel like even the, the organizations that weren't good for so long, like Detroit, seems to be getting some momentum and some young guys now starting to go in the right direction. Cleveland's been bad since LeBron left again a second time. They now get Donovan Mitchell. That's balanced them out. Now they seem like they're going to be a force. Uh, the Bulls started to turn things around last year uh, and are looking to continue their success uh, this year as well. And I'm just on the Eastern Conference side of things but even if you talk about teams that try to tank and i'm trying they tried hard the utah jazz and that damn team is 10 and 3 i think right now and playing well laurie markinen who the bulls didn't get anywhere nowhere near as much out of laurie markinen is what they're getting in utah right now out of market and Markinen looks like the guy the bulls thought they were getting when they got him um and they're getting all of it out of him and he's kind of become their guy uh in utah so that's been remarkable um, San Antonio is another team everybody thought was left for dead, and they've had their nights where like they look decent. It really is more times than not any game you kind of turn on. There's some young star, one or two, or uh, some team doing better than you thought that you can watch on TV. Back in the day, man, there were like six or eight teams every year. You're just like, oh my god, like they have no future. It's gonna be a while uh, before they get fixed, and it's not that bad anymore, Nathan. Yeah, it's awesome and. Like you said, it feels like, you know, because I have league pass and I'm always watching games. Every Any game you turn on, there's something interesting about the game. Whether, you know, even if it's between two bad teams, it's like there's young players you can watch. There's like these teams actually have hope. This isn't just a team stuck right in the middle. Um, 
like the I'm just like there's if every team almost every team I feel like is either good or if they're not you know or at least decent if they're not decent then they're fun and it's like if you have one of those two things you're at least watchable you're at least you know it's engaging and it's just like even the worst teams I feel like you know they have good some good players they have some young talent you know the magic the pistons um and the Jazz are all of a sudden, you, you know, the Jazz aren't super fun, but now they're good. Like they were going to be one of the teams that I'm like, yeah, they're probably, you know, the team I'm not going to watch at all. And it's like all of a sudden they're good. Um, the Rockets are bad, but have some young talent. The the Thunder obviously have young talent. The Kings and Yogis Alexander is unbelievable. Yeah, he's awesome. That and it's dude just, is unbelievable, man. There are there are at least like eight legitimately good teams in each conference, and. The teams that aren't like legitimately good are, are are fun. There's only a couple of them that really are not like just not that engaging. And um, yeah, it's it's so awesome to just because every game you turn on is awesome. And I think this is such a there's such a stark contrast now between this and the NFL this year. And hopefully this is just a one year thing with the NFL. But it feels like in the NFL, there's very few actually like fun and good teams. Like they're all the quarterbacks are playing pretty bad except for a few. Um, the the scoring numbers are down. Oh, the NFL product is not good this year. Yeah, most I, of the I totally teams, agree. Most of the teams are just not that good, and it's again, it's the opposite of what I see with the NBA. Where the NBA, I turn on almost any game, and I'm like, okay, there's there's interesting things about this game. The NFL, almost every game I turn on, I'm like, ugh, like tonight's Panthers Falcons, and it's just like I, there's just so few games that you're like, wow, this is an awesome game. I mean, last week was Bucks Rams, and you'd think that was going to be some amazing game at the beginning of the year. And it turns out to be two quarterbacks who are playing really badly. And, you know, two teams who are just playing really badly and there's just not that many good teams. And it's I'll like, I'll tell you yeah, this, yeah. It, the, the NBA team that I look at, I'm like, mm, don't really want to watch Lakers. I, I th- th- that team just does not do it for yeah. me right now. It's not, I've tried, I tried again last night to watch some, I cannot get down with watching that basketball team. Uh, the Hornets. That doesn't really do much for me watching the yeah. Hornets play at this a, point. I had a small the the list of ones that I had. So the the Lakers, I I do enjoy watching them collapse because I just I watching them suck is funny. Same with like if the Nets kind of you know the Nets playing bad. Right. It's just it's it's like a train wreck. You can't look away, um or a car crash. And so Hornets, yeah, Hornets were kind of on the list. At least they have, you know, they have Lamelo. They have a couple guys, but um. Not you know they're not very good, not super exciting. Spurs are playing decent, but not a ton of exciting players on that no, team. I like, no star power. I, I like Keldon Johnson. I like Devin Vassell, but nothing crazy. And then um, the Wizards, I they're just kind of stuck in the middle, not a ton yep. to get excited about. So those were the ones I had kind of on my list. And yeah, I mean, again, even the bad team like the Lakers and Nets, they have the big names. They at least you know, I don't know. You never know when LeBron could go off for forty. You never know when KD could go off for forty. So they're at least fun to watch in that regard. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and that is, that's kind of crazy that you would say a LeBron team isn't a team that you can really get down with and watch because normally LeBron teams are always really good uh, and they're the king of the mountain. You're trying to knock them off, but last year and now this year again, it just, it's just not that, man. They are not yeah. that team right now. And LeBron's now hurt uh, the groin injury or whatever. So we'll see how long he's going to be out for. Uh, and then the Nets, you brought up the Nets with this whole Kyrie thing. Nike dropped them. Doesn't look like he's ever going to get the Nike gig back. Um, and I, I don't, you know, they put all these list of things down for Kyrie, what he's got to do in order to get back. I don't know Kyrie. 
I just know what I read of Kyrie and what I see on TV of Kyrie. I find it hard to believe he's going to go run and trying to knock out each one of those little things on the item to go running back and get on the basketball court as soon as possible to go help out Katie. Like, I just, th- th- there's a part of me that says he may just take his sweet old time. Maybe he'll come back in February by the time he decides to knock off all one of those lists. Because I don't feel like Kyrie is a guy that wants to be told what to do and exactly. what he can and cannot say. Uh, because you don't like it. Now I have to go jump through 10 hoops for you because you don't like what I said in my opinion on something. Like that to me, Kyrie's that guy that says, No, I'm gonna say whatever the hell I want to say. And yes, he apologized for what he did um uh, for promoting that thing, but it, it it's it doesn't change much in my mind as far as what he believes and doesn't believe or whatever the case may be. So it will be interesting to see how long this thing goes on with the Nets. Uh, and this is going to give Ben Simmons a chance to do something offensively because Kyrie's not out there. So you better figure something out. They're paying you a lot of money, whether that means you get more involved in going to the rim or whatever. He's got to learn to score the basketball at a higher clip than he's been scoring the basketball. at. Yeah, the the Ben Simmons experiment has not been been going well for them. And that's kind of I, I mean, obviously, this Kyrie stuff just throws a whole wrench into it again. But like. Coming into the year, that's kind of was the thing is, hey, that that might determine how good they end up being is yep. if Ben Simmons is awesome, okay, they could be really, really, really good. And if he just is the same player that can't shoot the ball whatsoever and, um, you know, isn't a stud anymore defensively, then, um, they're you know, they're not going to go much further than they did last year, which was a first-round exit. And so, yeah, I, I mean – Again, them, them, and the Lakers are definitely the two that like they're they're enticing. There's there's something about it you just kind of I, I at least with me and I think a lot of people they they want to watch they want to just they want to tune in and you know see how bad the Lakers are. And um, I know last night did you see them like inbound the ball right to the other team? No. Yeah, they they uh, I don't even remember who they were playing, but they the other team had a shot and then Lakers are inbounding it. I, was it the Clippers? I don't even know. The yeah, Lakers the are Clippers. inbounding it, and yeah, Clippers. Lakers are inbounding it and um just throw it right to the other team. Like, like they just kind of nonchalantly threw it in and uh, Clippers pick it off and just start, you know, uh, running their offense. It's just like, they don't care. And it's just a train wreck. And it's, it's fun to watch that Ben Simmons thing. If you remember him coming into the league, everybody thought he was going to be like LeBron. Like he was going to be that guy. He's tall. He can pass. He can run. He can jump. Oh, don't worry. His jumper will come. Eventually it'll be fine. You'll see how great he is. Hasn't improved at all. And improved at all. God, where has he improved his game since he's come into the league? Like, I don't think he has. And to me, again, don't know him either. To me, it appears he's a dude that likes what the NBA brings, likes what comes with the NBA, the glitz, the glamour, the money, all that stuff. He got paid a huge amount of money off of that rookie contract, so he made it all work. Uh, and now he's just kind of going through. And it's unfortunate because I think he does have enough talent to be unbelievably great. Uh, but he just simply cannot get himself over that hump to take that next step. Nathan Marzian, follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. I am at Sparky Radio, green and growing. All you have to do is go download it, follow us, auto-download it, whatever you want to do. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify. We are everywhere that your favorite podcasts are. Go check us out today. We will talk to you again Tuesday. Maybe we'll live stream on Tuesday. Uh, And then uh, we'll throw that podcast up Friday morning. That's when you'll hear this podcast. Have a good one. Toodles.